When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, or should I say Goldmine readers and listeners. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine and goldminemag.com, and welcome to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. This episode, our guest will be drummer Mike Portnow, and now probably most of you remember Portnow as an ex-member of the Prague Meddlers Dream Theater. Uh, he has now teamed up with uh, bassist Billy Sheehan, keyboardist, Derek Sherinian, guitarist Bumblefoot, and also fronted by the veteran pipes of Jeff Scott Soto to create what um, obviously is a supergroup called Sons of Apollo. Their debut album, Psychotic Symphony, came out last year in October on Inside Out Music. And Portnow will talk to us about the band's album, the current tour, and his life as a music collector, especially a collector of Beatles stuff. Huge Beatles fan, and we'll be right back to talk to Mike after this message. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Good, good. It's been a while since uh, we spoke to you. So let's talk about, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about Psychotic Symphony, um, which sounds like a modern age symphony, really. Um, But it it did a debut in October on number one on Billboard, Heat Seekers. And taking a step back, how do you look at the album now? I mean, are you, are there feelings about it that you would have done differently or it's just perfect the way it is no to be honest uh you know pretty much every record i release like you know it's not going to come out unless uh, unless we're 100 percent happy with it so yeah i mean um i can't say i would change a single thing about it honestly right uh we're, we're totally proud of it it's an amazing band this lineup is just ridiculous you know each person individually is just you know the top of their field so it's an amazing band, and uh, we're just now hitting the road for it. You know, it came out in October, but Jeff was out with TSO for the holidays, so right. we have to wait for the, you know, the holiday season to end before we can hit the road. But it's great to be on the road now and live on stage. This band just just kills. It's really been amazing. I mean, you must be up there, you know, drumming away and look around in front of you and think, "Wow, these are some musicians with me." <laughs> Well, this was this was my fantasy lineup, you know. Yeah. Uh, Derek and I, you know, we played together in Dream Theater sure. back in the '90s, and then after I left the band, you know, almost eight years ago, you know, Derek was was hitting me up wanting to do something, and the time was never right, just because I always had like a dozen other things going at you know at any given moment. But uh, finally, you know, last year we 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 uh, we found the time to do this, and this was my dream lineup. This was in my head exactly. Uh, you know the five members I I envisioned, and uh, everybody was into it and on board, and we made uh, made some great music together. So 
But the, the, the live chemistry is even that much more intense, you know, now that we're playing every night. Well, you made a quote saying that launching a new band is never easy. And I'm sure it's, it's not. It's true, and I seem to do it every year now at this point, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's something in... Uh, don't get me wrong, people get this misconception that I start new bands and just leave the other ones. No, I just accumulate them. I still have them all. <laughs> Uh, I just have to, you know, I'm now currently juggling six bands instead of four or five. So, but yeah, you know, I, ever since I left Dream Theater, it's just been uh, uh, an incredible ro musical roller coaster, you know, playing with everybody from Flying Colors to the Winery Dogs to Metal Allegiance to Twisted Sister, and now Sons of Apollo. And uh, each and every one of them, you know, brings something different to my life. Uh, you know, musically and personally, so it's been it's been a great adventure for me. Well, I heard that you you have a list on your phone or by your bed with a hundred different band names or something like that. You you write yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much the hardest thing in a band is coming oh, up yeah. with a band name. Writing music is easy. It's you know agreeing on a band name that's difficult. Not just the band name, the um, album title too. I mean, you know, not that every album has to be conceptual, but just the um, right. catchy album title. I, I do like when you have a band's debut album being just self-titled. You know, we did that mm. with the Winery Dogs. We did it with Metal Legions. Right. Um, we did it with Flying Colors. So I do like that. And, and we almost did it with Sons of Apollo until we stumbled across the phrase uh, Psychotic Symphony, which was a line in the song Lost in Oblivion. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, man, that's that's too good of a, an album title to pass up. So we ended up using it. Do you dislike, I know you even use the word supergroup. Do you do you like or dislike uh, the press keep on using the word supergroup on Sons of Apollo? I, I don't mind it. I think, you know, when you have a case of guys that are all been in the business for 25, 30 years and have made names on their own and they come together, yeah. I think it's an applicable title. I mean, honestly... Um, you know, it started with, you know, Cream and Blind Faith back in the 60s. And, right. you know, every generation, every decade's got got them. And I think it absolutely applies to this band. Everybody in this band has been doing this for 25, 30 years. So they have. It all together. And, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of experience between the five of us. Uh, the one title I don't like is I don't like when people use the word project, to be honest. To yes. me, that sounds like a studio album and they never play live and you know all the things i do are, are, are bands uh you know call them supergroup or, or whatever but they're all bands none of them are are projects to me that implies something that is just going to be a one-off thing that's it when you have the word project you think there's an expiration date attached to it right you exactly think, you think um you know there's no longevity here um but there seems yeah. to be longevity in this outfit so i mean i could see this lasting for quite a bit um, even though there yeah, are all well, these... I mean, we've, got a, we've got a full year. I mean, we're going all over the whole globe. We're booked from now till the end of October, you know, everywhere from South America to Europe to Japan and North America. So, yeah, I mean, that's a band. A band does touring like that. You know, that's not yeah. a project. And and you also produced this album with Derek, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's something that you guys came with a nice mix of heavy and harmony. And that's not easy to do well you know it's and you guys pulled it off um well i mean that was that's attributed not only to me and Derek producing but to everybody collaborating and writing together you know derek and i bring the the prog elements but right. bumblefoot brings a really heavy edge with his yeah. you know fretless 
detuned double neck, and then uh, Jeff brings a real accessible kind of smooth AOR kind of melodic edge to it. So yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great melting pot of sounds. You know, even uh, just the, the the wall of sound between Derek on keyboards, Billy Sheehan on bass, and Bumblefoot on guitar. Right. It's it's a wall of sound like that's ridiculous. You know, because here you have a you know, a guitar player, but then you have a bass player that plays like a guitar player, and then we have a keyboard player that plays like a guitar player. <laughs> so it's quite a wall of sound between those three. It does have the progressive element, but I also think it also has the more straightforward hard rock of classic bands, such as uh, Deep Purple, yeah. say a song like Divine Addiction. You know, I I, I, I like that, too. Um, I think that it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a big, big part of the band's sound. I mean, Van Halen is the common uh, common ground between all five of us. Right. So, you know, I, you know, I think we we have that prog, those prog elements, but I think, we, you know, we have just as much in common with, with Van Halen as we do with Rush. Yeah, it's not like ELP. I mean, you, you have, you know, there's more eclectic influences going on here. Um, yeah. Now, Bumblefoot also, he, he was the catalyst for putting out the six-song EP, correct, of Alive? Maybe you could tell a little bit about that. Was that released on well, vinyl? We were, um, we were about to launch Alive as a single, mm -hmm. and um, it was about a month before we were scheduled to go to South America. So you know, we just thought it would be a cool idea to do a, you know a, a Spanish um, language version of it, just because it's kind of it's kind of a romantic song. It's got it's very melodic, and we pictured it really translating over to you know. Uh, the Spanish lyric when we went to South America and uh, so yeah we ended up doing a couple of our different versions an acoustic version a Spanish version a couple of different ones just to kind of promote the song right before our South American tour was that on vinyl too was that released on vinyl as well the EP no but we, we were thinking about maybe down the road maybe 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 the next record store day or something yeah on uh, maybe a 10, a 10 inch vinyl or something like that so yeah that's something we, we were thinking about maybe down the road Right, because, uh, you know, now it's not just the vinyl record itself. It's, you know, the gatefold, the artwork. Right. It's, it's a collector's item. And uh, I know that yeah. you're, you're a bit of a collector yourself, right? Um, as far not as a bit of, a huge, <laughs> a, a huge one. Yeah, I mean. That's what I've heard. It looks like. J.J. French writes... My, my basement looks like Tower Records. J.J. <laughs> French writes a column for us about the Beatles, Now right. We're 64, and he told me, he goes, yep. wait till you talk to Mike. He is a huge Beatles collector, and yep. he's going to love talking about that. Um, now, you said you... So you are a huge Beatles collector, then. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm a huge collector of everything and every band that I like, but the Beatles are number one on top of the list. And Yeah, I mean, I have a whole portion of my house devoted to the Beatles. Shit, I have an entire portion of my leg devoted to the Beatles. Really? My right calf is tattooed with Yellow Submarine and Sgt. Pepper images. Oh, I so, heard yeah, about I mean, that. It, it, yeah, you don't get more hardcore than, than that. Well, the Yellow Submarine is going to come up on its 50th anniversary. Are you psyched about that? I am. I, I remember seeing it in a, uh, when it came out in '68. When I was only a couple of years old, I saw it in the theater and I loved it. And uh, I remember seeing Let It Be in the theater when I was a kid. Like my, my grandfather took me to the midnight showing of it. Right. And uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Yellow Submarine is a huge part of my my childhood, and uh, I loved the Sergeant Pepper 50th anniversary last year. It was 
so well done, and yes, it, it was, was. Uh, everything that I could have hoped for. You know, even even the mix itself. You know, I, if you would have told me they were going to remix Sergeant Pepper, it's like, oh my God, that's like <laughs> that's uh, sacrilegious. But it turns out, I think that Giles Martin ended up creating the quintessential version version because it's uh you know, he, he was able to isolate every single track and start from scratch. So, I'm I'm hoping we get uh, 50th anniversary boxes for the white album and, and abbey road as well I have my I, fingers crossed. i do too and i was a little disappointed there wasn't one for revolver but uh you know yeah, revolver or magical mystery tour for that matter yeah even though that's not a, a real album of theirs but it's still part of the cat an important part of the catalog. for us americans <laughs> right yeah. i guess you know we look at it differently because it had the singles on there but um you know what one of my favorite uh experiences um, actually, and you probably had something to do with this, as far as seeing a band live, was in 1989, I saw you with Dream Theater in a small club, and you played uh, the medley from Abbey Road, Side 2, of course, and I was right. just, I was blown away by it, man. That was, uh, that was probably at Sundance on Long Island, and we, I think we were opening for Zebra, and I've actually had the uh, the... The the, the the fun the fun time of covering side two of Abbey Road now with three different bands. We did uh, we did just the Golden Slumbers portion with Dream Theater. Yeah. Then um, I I put together my own Beatles tribute band called Yellow Matter Custard. Yep. And uh, that's with Paul Gilbert and Neil Morse. And we did side two of Abbey Road in 2011. And then I also did it with uh, my band Transatlantic. We we had a song called Sweet Charlotte Pike. And if you listen to the live in Europe version of that song uh we interspread intercut the entire side two of abbey road within the song in and out in and out in and out so yeah that's that's to me one of the greatest pieces of music ever written is that that entire side two suite you know when you when you guys announced it i was like oh no that someone's gonna try you know you guys are gonna try the beatles but damn man that was that was one of my favorite uh things to see and uh, I enjoyed the Dream Theater right. music too, but that was like such a nice surprise. <laughs> right. Well, um, that works because uh, honestly, nobody else in Dream Theater is a Dream is a Beatles fanatic like I am, right. except for Charlie Dominici, who was our right. singer back then. So Charlie was kind of my Beatles buddy when he was in the band, and uh, you know we we pulled that off mainly because uh, Charlie was was as much of a fan as I am. Would you ever do that with uh, Sons of Apollo, take um, something that is classic, classic rock, and redo it? We do. I mean, this this entire Sons of Apollo tour, um, you know, we play almost a two-hour show, but obviously we only have one album of music of our own to work with. So we do have, throughout the set, we cover uh, Queen, we cover Van Halen, um, we even do... uh, a little a pink pan the pink panther theme for uh, guitar spot for for bumblefoot and yeah so we have you know these little things interspread throughout the set we even do a few dream theater songs as well which queen which queen uh songs do you do or just one jeff thing? does a, a bit of the middle of the prophet song during a vocal spot where he's doing all the freddie mercury delays and then from there him and bumblefoot do a, a duet of uh save me i'll tell you jeff's voice i mean People don't realize how, I mean, he sang with Malmsteen's band and his vocals yeah. for decades, they have just stayed so sharp, yeah. you know? And, yeah, and they, they sang with Jeremy for a little while. Yeah. He's uh, not only an, an amazing singer, but he's an amazing front man, which, which is great for this band as well. But I want to back up a second with the Beatles. What, what is your favorite piece of memorabilia 
the Beatles? Oh, memorabilia. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I mean, I have I have all the music in in every way you could have it. I have all the original vinyls. I have all the reissued vinyls. I have all the eight tracks still. I still have a a, a, big, a huge eight track collection. I have uh, all the CD reissues and both, you know, stereo and mono, and then as well as the the uh, the UK versions and the US versions. Uh, so that's all the music end. Did you get? Do you uh, have the butcher? Have. Do you have the butcher cover? I don't. And JJ, he does. JJ <laughs> gives me. All, he, he's got two of them. I know. And believe me, he never lets me hear the end of it. Well, I but told no, him he I shouldn't have. A, I have a, he shouldn't have peeled. I have a, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have a fake butcher block on vinyl with with uh, it's yesterday and today with the butcher block cover. Yeah, and it's a reissue, obviously, and it's right. on orange vinyl, which is really cool. Well, JJ um, goes; he collects from other countries, and you know, right? Even if they're boots, you know, he 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 has to collect right. everything. <laughs> I have my Abbey Road vinyl signed by Ringo, yeah, uh, as well as uh, I have some uh, a bunch of stuff signed by George Martin as well. And I've gotten to meet Ringo, and I've gotten to meet Paul. So to yeah. me, those are the biggest treasures of, of them all. Sure, you know, that's, as a Beatles fan, that's probably the best. And you met him as yeah. a musician, who heavily influenced you. Well, so meeting Paul was was really incredible. It was, uh, you know, I would have been happy with a a quick handshake and a three second hi, how are you doing, and leave him alone. But he ended up. Uh, you know, standing with me and my daughter for a good 10, 15 minutes and engaging us in conversation. I mean, he's, he's very it was personable. really, really yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was, it was uh, incredible. So which, what, I haven't seen the tour yet. What are the Dream Theater songs that you, you guys do? We do uh, two songs off of the Falling Into Infinity album, which is, uh, you know, the period of the, that right. Derek was uh, in the band. So we right. do uh, Just Let Me Breathe and Lines in the Sand. Oh, okay. And now, how long does the North American tour last? And then are you going to... It's a, it's a solid month. We uh, we go until May 21st, I think. Mm-hmm. And we already did South America uh, just a few, months, a few weeks ago. We, we went straight from South America into the North American tour. And then uh, starting in June, we'll be in Europe all summer long doing the big festivals and, and uh, assorted different shows. And then we have a, a very special show planned in September in Bulgaria. We're playing mm. this old ancient amphitheater and we're going to play uh, a special evening with, and we're going to have a, an orchestra playing with us. And we're going to do a whole set of cover songs and uh, we're going to film that night for, for a Blu-ray DVD CD. So that's going to be pretty much the, uh, you know, the, almost the grand finale of this this first uh this first tour that's that sounds super you know i heard uh, you know i went to see ole 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 the rolling stones film and i couldn't believe how god these these fans in south america it's almost like british invasion fans like discovering the music for the first time it's it's just amazing they are the, the greatest audience in the world. I mean, I, I go down there a couple times every year at this point with all the different bands I play with, and, and it's by far always the best audience of, of the entire world tour. It's just, every time. it's refreshing to see some, you know, yeah. fans so passionate like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, any, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, everything's cool. I'm gonna go uh, you, have dinner and go do meet, meet and greet and get ready to play at tonight's show. Are you? Um, do you continue to write while on the road? 
No, uh, we, you know, you give it a break. So much going on when you're on the road. I hear you. I, I prefer to write when when you get in the studio and you can just focus on that. You know, focus on one one job at a time. You know, touring and writing and recording are all different processes for me. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time. I wish you all the best on the road. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, man. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Mike Portnow, for being on the podcast. Wishing Sons of Apollo the best of luck on the road. And if you have a chance, check them out. Or go to sonsofapollo.com to see upcoming shows. That's sonsofapollo.com. Okay, Pat Prince signing off. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content, giveaways, and deals on subscriptions. And also check out krausebooks.com. That's K-R-A-U-S-E books.com to check out our latest record price guides. And our print issue is on the newsstand at select Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and indie record stores, courtesy of URP Distribution. Go to urpdist.com to ask for a store near you, which store carries it. Okay, that's it for this podcast. We'll see you the next time. Thanks, all.